welcome everyone to the Russell Show. I'm your host Russell Chowdhury and can't wait to jump on today's podcast episode. So episode number 32, we have a special guest, Terry McDowell. Terry is an executive career coach and CEO of Terry B. McDowell Coaching. She helps high-achieving professionals remove obstacles that keep them stuck so they can enjoy more success and satisfaction in their lives and careers. Before becoming a coach, Terry was a long-time corporate marketing executive where she led teams, developed strategies, and advised senior leaders to drive business results. She is the author of Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. She is also the host of Marketing Mumbo Podcast. So, In this episode, Terry will talk about her book called Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. So don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on our podcast and share with your friends and family. Let's dive in. Hi, Terry. Thank you so much for coming to the show. I really appreciate it. I know you have a busy schedule, but coming to the show, I really, really appreciate it. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Russell. How are you? Yeah, doing well. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about today's topic. Uh, you have like an interesting topic to talk about, which is how to be happy, uh, success and everything in a combined. So we need to find out like a balance in our life. So when we think about money and status making us successful, or you come up with it like it's not always that, it's something else like the happiness is really matters. So yeah, tell us before, uh, like being in the coaching business, what do you used to do and how you get involved in the coaching business? Well, I was in marketing for 30 years before I became a coach. I made the transition in 2017. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, early in my career, worked for a couple of publishing companies. And then I went back and got an MBA. And yeah. then the last 21 years of my career, I spent working for two large national banks here in the US. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I worked for two large national banks in the US in marketing. Um, mm-hmm. The last 12 years, I led marketing for several businesses. And I, it's interesting, in, in that last company that I was with, I was pretty happy for the for maybe about 10 out of the 12 years <laughs> that I was there. And the the last job that I had was one that I didn't apply for. It was just one that my boss was like, I want you to take this job. Yeah. I, I really tried to say no, I didn't really want that job. I didn't think it was a good fit for a number of reasons. And I took it and I I never sort of got to a point where I thought it was a good fit. I was, I was not um, that happy in that mm-hmm. role. So that got me thinking about uh, what I could do next. And I looked around the company and the company yeah. is actually headquartered in a uh, foreign country. So there was only so far you could go in the United States. Right. You know, there was kind of a ceiling. Yeah. And when I looked around, I just didn't see anything within the organization that looked like it was interesting uh, or would be a good fit for me. And I interviewed with companies. Um, and honestly, it's funny because there were some good jobs that I interviewed for and I yeah. didn't feel that excited about them. And it really, I started thinking to myself, you know, maybe this is not the right path for me anymore. And so it really took me to a place where I was um, looking at myself and and saying, okay, well, what do you like to do and what are you good at? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm good at marketing. I liked marketing, but um, 
it just wasn't turning me on in the way I'd done it for a long time. And yeah. when I thought about the aspects of my job that I really liked, I really liked the consulting aspect because mm -hmm. I would work with senior leaders to understand their problems and come up with solutions. I really enjoyed that kind of interaction. Yeah. And I also did a lot of mentoring and coaching of my team. And I actually mentored other people outside of my direct, um, you know, supervisory line. And I just got a lot of satisfaction out of that. And I also had hired coaches a couple times in my career to help me get over some obstacles that I had. So yeah. I was aware of the profession. And then, um, you know, as, as fate often has it, I was doing some networking and I met someone whose wife had gone through a coaching program and she had been a, a PR professional and he introduced me to her. And when she was telling me her story, it sounded very familiar, like kind yeah. of just getting to a, a point where the career that she was in wasn't as satisfying and that she decided to do uh, to get this coaching certification and she was coaching. Mm -hmm. um, she had had her business for about three years at the time that I met her. And I just thought that sounds really interesting. I, I want to pursue that. And so I actually ended up leaving my job and yeah. I at first just looked at it as a sabbatical. I'll just, you know, kind of detox a little bit from being unhappy in my role and figure out what I want to do next. But in the meantime, I'll get this coaching certification and as I was going through the, uh, the program, I just decided, oh, I'm just going to do this full time. Right. So that's the way you are. So how long have you been yes. doing the coaching? Uh, since 2017. So it's been about four and a half years. Four years. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a great journey, isn't it? And you yeah. find your purpose and you're enjoying yourself right now. Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm making a more direct, um, impact on the world it, you know i'm doing it right now like pretty much one person at a time but yeah. a lot of times when people start working with me they're they're frustrated you know they're they're running up against obstacles and they're not really sure how to get past them and you know to to be able to encourage people to really find that you know step fully into their potential and learn some skills and shift their mindset so their their road is smoother and more satisfying for them is yeah. it's really really fulfilling yeah it's, it's a great uh career path uh, you chose yeah yeah i love like working with coaches and consultants there is a good thing about it. they have like a different kind of mindset like a normal person like a coach coaching it's not easy it's like similar to being a teacher when you work in a school and college and yeah it's right. into your life and especially what you're teaching is normally we don't hear in a textbook or like a right. normal educational curriculum it's just a great thing so congratulations on finding your career path and your passion you uh enjoying doing so, yeah yes, thank you yeah you're welcome so yeah the topic we you chose and uh, where you're really passionate to talk about which is like Oftentimes we find out like a success is all about making money, getting to the status, getting to CEO level, director level, or sometimes being a pop singer, like an actor, actresses. But you chose like uh, being happy is most important thing rather than materialistic things. So can yeah. you just explain a little bit about to our audience? Uh, yeah, I mean, this, this is something that, you know, comes from my own experience. I, I grew up in a, a working class family and I was the first person to go to college in my family yeah. and, or go to university. And 
I really set my sights on having a successful career in the corporate world because to me that's you know how you could make good money and I really wanted yeah. to do that and when I I got into the workplace I mean I was a good student and and when I got in the workplace I just thought okay I just will do the same things that I did in school I'll just keep my head mm -hmm. down and just work really hard and sacrifice and have a good work ethic and all of that and I mean it's funny because I, I talk I talk about this in my book. I have a book called Winning the Game of Work, Career, Happiness, and Success on Your Own Terms. Yeah. And what I what I soon figured out is that things that make you successful at school don't necessarily make you successful in the workplace. Um, but I've seen this, I, this is what I did, and I've seen this a lot with many people that I work with, that when they're not getting the success that they would like to have, they'll double down. You know, they will... Yeah. They'll take on more, they'll try to go faster, they'll, you know, they'll just put more pressure on themselves. And that doesn't, I mean, that sometimes can help them be successful. But, you know, part of what I teach in coaching is like how to shift the mindset and, and, and also sort of zoom back so you see more of what's going on in your environment and you understand yeah. the impact that you're having in that context, because often people don't, they don't. You know, the reason why I called my book uh, Winning the Game of Work is because it really is sort of like a game and many people don't approach it with any kind of strategy. Yeah. And once once you start realizing that sometimes the behaviors that you exhibit don't have the intended consequences, it's important to step back and, and do things differently. Mm -hmm. um, but even when people can you know, they do sacrifice, they delay gratification, and they finally get to the VP title or the director or they're making, you know, six figures. Um, a lot yeah. of times they, they'll they get to that and they'll think that once they get to that, they'll be happy. Yeah. And they'll wake up and say, well, I've, I've gotten everything I said I wanted and I've paid a high price for it in terms of working so hard and and being stressed out and sometimes having even health and relationship problems because yeah. they've ignored parts of their lives that they're upset because they realize they're not happy. It didn't make them happy. Mm. And I'm, you know, I like business. I like working hard. I like money. I like, you know, the trappings and the ability to do cool things in, in the um, workplace. And so I, I never, say like oh to be happy you have to sell everything and move to an ashram in india and meditate all day like that's yeah. that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is that there is room in your life if you're willing to do things differently to expand the overlap between your success and your happiness you know to have more balance like you said yeah. one of the the uh, pieces of research that i came across when i was writing my book is um this I don't know if it's, it's an area of study for a professor at Harvard Business School named Tom DeLong, and he studies high achievers. And his hypothesis is that high achievers um, are addicted to external validation. Right. And I was like, wow, that that, <laughs> you know, that really blew my mind when I read that, because first of all, I could recognize myself in it, that I was always yeah. like looking in school. I was looking like, what does the teacher want? What do I need to do to get extra credit? 
um, you know, I want to get to a good college, you know, all of all of those things. I was really focused on what was going on outside of me. What, you know, what does my mother think? You get what does the teacher think? What does your boss think? Yeah. And what can happen is that we lose connection with our own internal judgment mm -hmm. and our own internal wisdom. And, you know, I see it very often where people have like a big conflict between, you know, part of them knows or believes that something's right. And then they're very frustrated because they're not getting validation for that at work. You know, yeah. they're working so hard and nobody's noticing um, or, you know, there's some kind of conflict and they just feel really beat up. And, and, you know, I really think that part of the issue there is, I mean, a couple of things like shifting the mindset to value yourself more because mm -hmm. so often people are working hard for, you know, in the hopes that somebody's going to come and, you know, pat them on the back and say, good job, you yeah. know? Um, and I mean, of course, everybody wants that, that would be nice to have it, but we shouldn't be miserable because we're not getting that, you know, Definitely. we can, we can do it for ourselves, in fact. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that I, that I work with clients on a lot of times is, is making sure that they have positive self-talk mm -hmm. because, you know, often if, you know, they're, they're working really hard and they've got some big project or presentation or something and um, they'll worry so much about it. Um, and, you know, there's just like a lot of negative thoughts going through their head, which the irony of that is that worry and rumination drains energy away from productive activity. Yeah. And so by, you know, people think that they're protecting themselves by worrying, but actually they're pulling energy away from them actually being able to do a good job on it. So sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, if they're worried about doing a bad job, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because of how they're approaching it. Yeah. Um, I also will see where if someone doesn't make, make a mistake that they will talk to themselves internally really negatively about it. Like they'll say, Oh, that was just a bonehead move. That's so stupid. You know, you always do this. And it's really, really important for us to be positive and support ourselves and stand by ourselves because in fact, it's not what other people think of us that really bothers us. It's what yeah. we think about what other people think of us, because in fact, we don't even know what other people think. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people might tell us, but a lot of times they don't, you know, yeah. maybe they don't, they don't give us a lot of praise and we're just internalizing that they don't like us or they don't think we're doing a good job. When in fact, they might think you're doing a great job. Yeah. Um, and and even if, I mean, there's lots of toxic bosses out there, you know, and a lot of people who are not good leaders. And we really need to be careful about how much power we give these people. You know, there's a lot of yeah. people that will try to intimidate, manipulate, and coerce to get people to do the things they want them to do. They'll lead through fear. Mm. And it's important for us not to buy into that, to, yeah. to see it for what it is. You know, I mean, it's like if you're playing, you know, football or, or soccer, right? And there's somebody who is constantly, you know, doing, you know, fouling people, right? Yeah. Um, and, and they don't get caught by the referee, right? Like, it's frustrating when that happens. But we've got yeah. to recognize, like, we might say to ourselves, I'm a terrible soccer player because, you know, I can never get it into the goal. We've got to see, well, if this guy keeps fouling me and he doesn't mm. get called on it, that's not my fault, right? Like I, I'm still a good soccer player, even though, you know, this person is doing something bad. 
We've got yeah. to maintain that positivity around ourselves and be there to support ourselves. So, I mean, these are some of the things that I, I think are helpful to, to regain that balance. Um, but I, I also think that it's important to, you know, sometimes step back and say, you know, what are my values? What are my personal yes. values? What do I really want? I've seen a lot of people that go into professions because, you know, the only reason they're going into that profession is they believe that that's going to lead them to monetary or, mm -hmm. you know, status success. And, yeah. you know, smart, driven people can be good at a lot of things, but if they don't like what they're doing, it's not going to lead to happiness. It's going to be misery. And, yeah. you know, I, I've actually worked with a lot of people that, um, you know, they went into a profession, not because they loved it, but because somebody said, oh, you know, you could, they didn't know what they wanted to do. And somebody said, oh, go mm -hmm. be an accountant or be, you know, something. And go into sales or something like that. And they were actually good at it, but they didn't like it. But yeah. they told themselves things like, well, this is the only thing that I can do. And if I, if I change careers, you know, I'll lose my house because I won't make enough money to pay the mortgage. And, and that's not necessarily true. Yeah. You know, it's, it, we, we can, and this is one of the other things that I'll do with people is like, if they want to make a career pivot, we'll look at what are all your skill sets, right? Let's, let's look at everything that you are capable of doing and let's kind of pull them apart and think how can we recombine the things that you're able to do mm -hmm. so, that it, so that it matches up with maybe something that you would be more interested in. Because, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes people think that, well, I'm in sales and, you know, I make a lot of calls and I'm able to, you know, explain the product and get people to like me so that they'll buy from me and they'll say that's the only thing I could possibly ever do. And yeah. I'm like, no, you know, like if you if you're good at influencing, if you are good at, you know, speaking and presenting, if you're able to digest a lot of complex information and explain it in a way that's more simple, yeah. that those kind of skills can be used in many different professions. You know, yeah. but you just have to start thinking and looking out into the marketplace to say, um, what looks interesting and exciting to me. And, you know, and then the next step would be, you know, how do I find it? How do I find somebody that's doing that could, who can tell me what it's really like to work in that profession? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times people say, well, I don't know what I don't know. And, you know, it's risky for me to, to make a career change. Um, but we don't have to, you know, quit our job tomorrow and just yeah. go and, you know, run off with the circus or something, you know, we, yeah, we can be self-awareness, isn't it? It's yeah, it really is. Find out who you are and yes. you love doing your things. Yeah. And, and to value yourself enough to realize that you being happy is important. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of people will put themselves on the back burner, if you will, you know, they, they will subjugate the importance of tuning into themselves and believing that they're worthy of happiness, that they have valuable skills, um, that, you know, the things that inspire them are, are important. And they are, I, I really think that everybody's here on earth to discover and use their own unique gifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of like, a, you go coaching clients, are they normally like a successful career person? and they're looking for making mm -hmm. change or 
they exactly know what was wrong with them or do you have to find identify like what's the problem they're having yeah it, it really depends i mean i i work with people in three different areas the first one is when they have a job and they're running up against some difficulties to help them be more effective in their jobs so mm -hmm. it could be that yeah i like my job but there's some areas that really stress me out and it's it's making me worried or i'm not performing as well as i could so in those cases sometimes they know exactly what the problem is sometimes they don't um if they don't you know i'll talk with them and we'll start to surface those things um the second area that i work with people on is you know very often you know maybe somebody is in a job and they're not being effective and they start thinking i'm not sure if i want to do this anymore you know maybe yeah. i kind of like me maybe i've outgrown this profession but i don't know what i want to do next yeah. and then the third area is people who are definitely in job search it could be that they've been laid off or it could be that they're in a job and they're they know they don't want to stay in that job and you know the people that are at the crossroads i'd say about 50 percent of the time once we start really understanding their situation they will fall back in love with their job because it's mm -hmm. just that they were running up against obstacles that were stressing them and once they they understand how to deal with them more effectively they actually like their job and then about 50 percent of the time they realize no i'm i'm done and i want to go and look for another job so yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. So in terms of like finding the happiness and finding the career, do you have any steps to follow for your clients, like how they find out what they actually love doing? Do you tell them to like actually do the things they love or like uh, just think think about it right now, how the process works? Yeah, I, I have exercises that I've got um, something that's called the uh, career assessment workbook where they, mm -hmm. Um, they can kind of look back over their career and they just go through all these exercises to help sort of pull the threads out um, and, you know, really get some perspective on what they've done. And it, it helps them to understand things like, do I like working with people or concepts or things, yeah. you know, do um, I have them go back and look at the success that they've had in career or in life and to write the story of what that was because a lot of times what we'll see is that their patterns or their trends that yeah. they're always drawn towards working on projects or they're always work you know drawn towards working with people like that's where they they get their satisfaction um and you know i always say this i have this like saying um that you can't read the label from inside the bottle because yeah. we all are just walking around doing what we do. And a lot of times we can't really get the perspective of what makes us tick, you know, because we're just doing what we do. Um, but part of what I do is, is, you know, I try to hold a mirror up to them so that they can see themselves. You know, I mm -hmm. might say, wow, it sounds like, you know, you're really good at influencing people. And may, maybe they're not in a sales position or anything like that, but the, they will have all of these things that they've done where they've gone in and, and influenced somebody to change their mind or to, you know, internally sell a new idea into the organization, yeah. or maybe somebody's good at presenting or something like that. And because it's so innate to them, they don't even see it as a, a valuable skill. They're just like, whatever, it's just what I do. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I try to help them see themselves a little bit more objectively so that they can understand that that has value in the marketplace. Mm. And if they can sort of surface that and start talking to people about their ability to do that, they can perhaps have opportunities to do that. Um, but I, I will say that sometimes, um, you know, sometimes people do have a hard time and I'll, I'll sometimes go back and say, well, what was it that you wanted to be when you grew up, when you were a child? Yeah. Because the interesting thing about that is that, um, now, you know, sometimes some people might say, I want to be a firefighter. I wanted to be an artist or a ballerina. And yeah. it's not like I, I don't have the physique to be a ballerina. I never, I only took ballet lessons for about six months. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I am a creative person, right? Yeah. And so as a child, I must have known that I want to express myself, right? And so yeah. I think that that can be one of the things that we can learn about ourselves if we go back mm. to, to childhood. Because a lot of times what happens, and I see this so often too, that I'll ask people like, well, what do you want? What do you, what's your goal? What would you want to happen if, if we could wave a magic wand? And one of two things will happen. People either say, I don't know what I want. And I do believe that deep down inside people know what they want, but yeah. they also sometimes have like pretty strong uh, mechanisms that block them from being able to connect with that because there's some fear yeah. around it. They're afraid like, oh, if I say this out loud, people are going to criticize me or I will be disappointed because I'll never have it. You know, there's yeah. there's uh, kind of a protective yeah. mechanism. Yeah. Or people will say, yeah, I know what I want. I really want to, you know, become a chief marketing officer or I really want to, you know, quit my job and start my own business. But yeah. here's all the reasons why I can't do it. Like mm -hmm. uh, that's very, very common that that they will they will state their goal, but yeah. then they'll immediately smother it with all the reasons why it's not likely or why it's not going to happen or what the huge risks are or whatever. And I, I would say people like, let's separate these things. Like you can have your dream, let your yeah. dream live, you know, allow that to live, give it. There's some noise on your end. Okay. So, so separately really looking at where they are, and where they'd like to go and start building a roadmap. Like yeah. how, what do I need to do to get from where I am to where I wanna go? Now, mm -hmm. a lot of times people don't know what they don't know, right? They're yeah. like, oh, I'd love to do that. But I have absolutely no idea how to get started on that path. And one of the easiest ways to get started is to find somebody that's doing the thing mm -hmm. that you think is interesting and just yeah. to ask them if they'll talk with you. You know, and it doesn't have to be like, um, and this is actually another thing that's really funny that sometimes people will say like, well, I don't want to talk to them because I don't know if I, if I want that job or not. And I'm like, well, you don't have to, you can just go yeah. to someone and say, Hey, what you're doing looks really interesting. And I'd like to learn more about it. You know, can I get 20 or 30 minutes of your time and buy you a cup of tea, buy a cup of coffee, mm. or just, you know, chat with you on the phone or on zoom most of the time people really enjoy talking about themselves and what, and especially yeah. if they've got like an interesting career path, people are, in, they're flattered usually if somebody wants yeah. to learn about them. And in those cases, we can just say, Hey, tell me more about what does your day to day look like? What kind of preparation did you need for this career? 
have you ever seen somebody with my background be successful in your yeah. career? Um, that kind of conversation can help people to get clarity. Um, and I've actually seen it too, where one of my clients just within the last few months, she actually was in a sales position and she wasn't really happy doing it. There were some reasons why she was doing sales. She was actually good at it. She just didn't like it. Yeah. And uh, she, she needed to make a certain income and so forth. And we started really looking at her and saying, Hey, what do you like to do? You know, what are you good at? And um, she liked the sort of analytical side of sales. Like she would really evaluate her prospects and, mm -hmm. you know, be really strategic about how she approached them. And we finally settled on this whole idea of customer experience. It's, you know, somewhat of a new role in the, maybe the last 10 years. Um, it's, it's typically the person that a new uh, software as a service client gets handed off to after the salesperson closes the deal because they're still, they need to be onboarded. They, you know, they need to have somebody to call with customer service issues or, um, and then the, that uh, client experience person also is usually responsible for upselling, yeah. you know, so if there's additional modules or, or things that that client might need. And, and so when I actually introduced this idea to my client, because when I was listening to her, I thought, hmm, this is like, it seems like this would be a good fit. And she, um, she got really excited when she understood what the responsibilities of that type of role were. And she started yeah. looking on LinkedIn and she saw a job at a company where she had a friend who worked there. And so she contacted her, her friend, it was somebody from a former coworker. And they actually, she said, send me your resume. And she got it in front of the hiring manager. Mm -hmm. Within a week, my client had an interview. And two weeks after that, she had a job offer. So yeah, it's amazing how, yeah, and you know, the, the hiring manager also was really excited about the fact that she was, she liked doing the analytics part of things and that she yeah. had a sales background. So, you know, sometimes we can say, well, this doesn't look like the perfect, you know, profile for somebody to do this job, but, um, you know, sometimes things can happen quickly this way. Um, yeah. and we can, we can sometimes be our own worst enemies when we are negative about things and saying, Oh, that's never going to happen. And they're probably never going to hire me because I don't have that background. You just never know, you know, you, people yeah. hire people. We need to ask, um, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Sometimes we go through some process and eventually it turns out like big thing with our life. So yeah, asking, asking someone is most important thing. Otherwise we wouldn't find out yes or no. Yeah. Even though it's yeah. Not, at least, you know, like you asking, there is no regret for it. Yeah. Like you mentioned uh, one thing, like, uh, you know, your coaching clients and all that they worry about when they're making them changes, what they worry about is it for future or the past experiences? What do you find is most important that they worry about the future or past? Well, I mean, I think one of the big things that they worry about is um, the unknown, you know, that they mm -hmm. don't, they don't understand the risks, uh, or they're afraid that the worst case is going to happen. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, that, that uh, they, they'll lose their job, and they'll never get another job, and they'll lose their house and they won't be able to send their kids to university. You know, like they, yeah. a lot of people will catastrophize about um, 
you know, what's going to happen. And even people that are, that are doing a good job. It's funny. I, I see this, um, I see this with a lot of high achievers that they'll be worried about asking for something or about taking an action, which they think's logical, but they also feel like is risky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes ask them like, well, what's the worst because one thing that happens a lot of times is that people don't actually look at what the worst case is. Like they'll just worry about it, but they won't yeah. say, okay, well, if the worst case happens, what would I do? Yeah. And, you know, and I'll say, well, what's the worst case scenario? And this is so funny, like where people say, well, I could get fired. And, and so often I'm like, okay, you just got an overperforms you know, review at work, yeah. like that you're outperforming, you know, you're above, you're well above average, you got a big raise and a, you know, bonus and all of this stuff. Like, what is really the likelihood that you're going to get fired? You've got a lot of runway, you'd have to mm. really mess up a lot before you're going to get fired, or you'd yeah. have to mess up really big. And then sometimes when they put that in context, they'll sort of like, you know, laugh a little bit and be like, yeah, you're right, I should just do this. Right. And, and, uh, you know, just about, about trusting yourself, right? Trusting that your vision and the things you see are valuable. You know, yeah. I, I say to people all the time, you know, a lot of times they're frustrated because they're actually not showing up and demonstrating all of the things that they can do. And they think that, you know, oh, it's got to be, it's got to get the stamp of approval before they raise their hand or raise their voice and share something that they see or ask for a project or, you know, or even, you know, just say, I'm going to leave early today because, you know, my child has something going on at school that I want to go to. Like sometimes people will just hold them back, hold themselves back from doing things that they would get enjoyment from because they feel like they, they need a hundred percent validation from somebody within the organization. And, um, you know, once, once they start to trust themselves and value themselves, and then they can just move with more, um, with more ease, you know, more yeah. of their energy goes into productive um, activity instead of just dripping out in worry. Mm. Yeah, interesting. So in terms of like uh, finding the happiness, what they actually find out, like actually doing the thing they love is like the actual happiness or like making more money or gain the status is more happiness even though you're making them some changes with the career wise yeah still do you think uh, the problem is still there well i mean i think that it's just a, a matter of of finding that proper balance because yeah. you know i think that probably the ideal balance to to feel satisfied at work is where 70 percent of your energy and time is spent on things that you enjoy and 30% is spent on things that just have to be done, right? Yeah. Like maybe you don't love it, but it's just part of your job. I think that when when you have a ratio that's sort of similar to that, that you get enough enjoyment from what you're doing to tolerate the things that you don't love doing. And yeah. I've seen it, you know, often where, you know, maybe people it's 50 50 or it's, you know, 40% is what they like and 60% is not, not what they mm-hmm. like that, that can really cause your tank to run dry, right? Because you're always sort of like running on empty because your tank never gets filled up by enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. And to, to answer your question more specifically, you know, 
every person has a different formula for what's going to make them happy. Like for many people, you know, getting that CEO role or, you know, making it to seven figures or, you know, growing their business or, you know, IPO in yeah. their business or selling their business, like that is their goal. And that that's part of what makes them tick and what's going to make them happy. Um, and it's not, to me, it's not, I don't judge what is going to make somebody happy. Mm. Um, what I really try to help people do is allow their energy to flow more freely towards their goals and not yeah. get caught up by negative thinking or um, limiting beliefs uh, yeah. because that's, that's useless, you know, but, yeah. but I also think that it can be common for people to, you know, have, have strongly held values that sometimes can conflict with each other. And yeah. in those cases, they need to make a conscious decision about where they're going to make the trade-offs. And, and mm -hmm. an example is that, you know, a lot of times when I'm doing um, values exercises with people, they'll say that achievement is a high value and spending time with family is a high value. And sometimes what can happen in that situation is that they are spending, you know, they're working a lot of long hours. They're not, yeah. you know, they're bringing work home with them on the weekends. And so then they're not, they're, I mean, they're choosing not to spend time with family. Yeah. And so sometimes those, those values exercises can be really helpful because they're like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. There's two very high, like I'm saying that spending time with family is a 10. That's my mm -hmm. highest level value. And yet I'm not doing it because I'm allowing another thing that's important to me to interfere with that. And, you know, it's just, it's important for people to gain that, that self-awareness. Yeah. I mean, they might still choose to bring work home and they might still choose to stay, uh, you know, stay after, you know, longer hours at work, um, but they'll do it consciously, right? Mm -hmm. And and maybe uh, maybe they will say, okay, I'm going to take this, I'm going to consciously take this weekend off so that I can be with my family. Yeah. You know, it's it's just, that's that's the important thing is being conscious and intentional about the things you do and not just falling into a habit that probably doesn't serve you. It's probably yeah. just a pattern that you got into. And, you know, I, I think a lot of times people feel like they're like on this treadmill and they don't know how to get off. Yeah. But the reality is that you have the control over that. You can just step off and you can, do, or you can slow, slow it down. You know, that's within your control. You, you can, you have choices. Now, this, this is one of the other things I think is funny is that sometimes people say, have no choice. I have this job that I hate and I have no choice, but to mm. keep doing it. And I say, you ha always have choices. You always have choices. Now I'm yep. not saying that the choice is not going to be without consequences. Absolutely. It is. Um, you know, you could, you could decide, today that you're not going to get up and go to work and you're never going back to that, that job again. Yeah. Now there's going to be consequences. You will not have a paycheck if you don't go to work. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've quit jobs before without having another job. Um, and I, you know, I made a plan for what am I going to do? I mean, my first job out of college, I, um, I was promised a promotion and unfortunately my boss, uh, left the company before it took effect. Yeah. And the new person that came in hired mm -hmm. somebody else. He did not promote me. 
And I, I was really upset about that. And I felt like I paid my dues in a, a very junior position. It was actually an administrative position. And I just decided to quit my job. And I went out and got two part-time jobs. Um, and I saved up my money and I moved to a different city where mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I was able to pick back up and uh, get, get a job in the arena that I wanted to work in. But, you know, you just have to make your choices, right? I yeah. could have just said, oh, well, you know, poor me, I can't do anything, but just keep doing this job for another two years until the next opportunity comes up. That wasn't, that wasn't something I was willing to do. So mm-hmm. I, I took the reins myself. <laughs> yeah. And it was scary. It was scary. I didn't want it. I was doing um, waitressing during the day and telephone polling at night. I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life, obviously, and I wouldn't have made very much money if I kept doing those things, but it was a short-term solution to yeah. the issue that I was facing. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you because I did that many times in my career-wise without having like a plan B. If I didn't mm-hmm. like something, like I was like in different, different kind of jobs and business. So if I wasn't enjoying it, I would quit and look for like mm-hmm. the next new thing. And right now would be like a different situation because i have a family i have a, a child so if i wants to like equate something it's not going to be like a straight away but i have to have mm-hmm. a plan yeah. on, in place so my second question would be like if anyone wants to quit their job and they're let's say they're late thir- mid 30s late 20s have a family have mm-hmm. children but it's not going to be easy if they're earning like a six figure already but they're not happy yeah. and they're not satisfied do you recommend them to quit their job straight away or make a transition slowly doing like a side? Well, I mean, I, I think it just depends on what their situation is, but Mm -hmm. if, you know, I, I, sometimes when I'm working with people and they're feeling extremely overstressed at their job, I start to help them look around and say, where can you reduce the stress? Right. Can you not bring your laptop home on the weekends so that, you're doing, you know, you have time to refresh and, and to, um, and, and it depends on what their skills are too. Like if somebody has a, a valuable skill that they could maybe do consulting yeah. and make enough money. I mean, I did have a, a client who was so stressed out with the situation that she actually went out on the medical leave for a while, mm-hmm. you know, due to stress and anxiety. Yeah. And during her time away from work, she actually decided that she was going to quit her job um, because it just was, it was a very uh, toxic work situation. Like just the yeah. leadership of the organization was really um, poor and very negative and very, you know, borderline abusive. Yeah. And so um, she just recognized that from a health standpoint, it wasn't a good thing for her to do. Um, but, you know, I think, you've just got to, you know, look at your finances and say, like, mm-hmm. what are the options? Like for me, when I quit my job to become a coach, I had savings that I could fall back on. And I was willing yeah. to, I was willing to spend some of the savings for a while. I mean, I, I actually thought at first that I'll just get the coaching certification and then get another job and just kind of do a little bit of coaching on the side. And when I got closer to retirement, maybe start a business, but Um, but that's the funny thing. Like once you start putting your foot on a path that you start seeing new opportunities. I mean, I can't, if somebody had told me in 2017 that I would have written a book and that I'd be going on podcasts and I would have started my own podcast and I would be working with, 
you know, people across all different industries and all different areas to help them. I mean, I might have believed the coaching one because I really was excited about that, but I only had all these opportunities because I started walking on the path and I met people along the way that, you know, gave me opportunities or inspired me to try something new. And I feel a lot more alive now than I did when I was in the corporate world. It's just because I feel like I've got, it's more authentic to who Mm -hmm. I am. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's a great thing. You you realize like who you want to be and who you are to make the decision. And right now you're enjoying your life, which is the most important thing rather than making the money and just uh, making other people happy with people around you. And end of the day, yeah. they're not happy with you. If you're going past them and like you achieving some kind of success, they're going to be more jealous and you start losing out on friends and family. Somehow it works. And I've seen it yeah. every time. So yeah, it's a great thing. So we're going to wrap up soon. So if anyone wants to work with you or learn more about you or read your books, how they can find you. Yeah, well, my book is called Winning the Game of Work and it is available on Amazon worldwide, mm-hmm. uh, both as an ebook and a paperback. Um, if people want to learn more about me, they can go to my website, which is terrybmcdougal.com. And I've got a blog out there. I've got information about my coaching, um, lots of stuff. I think I have a couple of chapters of my book out there that people can read as well. And then I'm also, uh, very active on LinkedIn and my handle on LinkedIn is Terry B. McDougall. I'm happy to connect with any of your listeners out there. And then finally, I have a podcast, which is called Marketing Mambo. And it's, it's just a sort of conversation that I have with different people that work in and around the world of marketing. It's, it's a way I keep my toe in the world of marketing after working in it for 30 years. Um, yeah. So, but it's, it's just interesting conversations with people, it, but it's around the, the topic of, of marketing. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. I wouldn't waste any of your time. Thank you so much for coming by uh, being our podcast guest. I really love it. And yeah, our guest audience will be getting more value from it. I know it's, it's a different topic we touched and I think is we needed to talk about. So yeah, I really appreciate your sharing the knowledge. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Russell. I really enjoyed talking to you. That's great. Thank you. So this is it, guys. It's a wrap. So I'm going to see you on next episode. If any of you want to work with the Terry, so like she mentioned, go find her on her on her website, also on her LinkedIn. So you talk to you in the next episode. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you soon.